G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When a Christian walks with God, it should be the most attractive thing ever for a non-believer. And that's our job, to attract people to the Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie points out how it was that attraction that brought him to Christ. The reason I became a Christian is because I admired the Christians from a distance. They had what I wanted. They had this peace. They seemed to have this purpose. And they had a love one for another. So I think when you're just walking with the Lord, it's a very attractive thing. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins It's easy to forget that the Lord urges people to reach people with the gospel Chances are good that someone influenced you in your decision to come to the Lord. And chances are good that the Lord wants to use you to influence someone else. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us learn how to do that job effectively. We'll need to give thought to whether we're attracting people to the faith or repelling them away. Today's message is titled, God Keeps His Promises. would say God is done with the Jews. There's a certain theological uh, teaching that you'll hear in some churches today called covenant theology. Sometimes it's called replacement theology. And this theology would suggest that the church, that would be us, have taken the place of Israel and all the promises that applied to them now apply to us. Well, God made a covenant with the Jews that he's never gonna break and God has made a covenant with the church that he will not break either but I don't believe that we've taken their place. He still has a special plan for them as we'll discover in this message. So that brings me to Romans 11 verse one. Paul's making this argument. I asked them, has God rejected his own people, the nation Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people whom he chose from the very beginning. So Paul's arguing against the idea that the Jews are no longer the chosen people of God and that he uh, has broken his covenant with them. He's saying, hey, if God can get hold of a guy like me, God can get hold of anyone and certainly any Jewish person. Now let me take a quick poll. How many of you by birth are Jewish? Raise your hand. Raise your hand up. Shalom. Okay. Not many. Not many. But a lot of Gentiles. A lot of not, how many of you are not Jewish? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's most of us. So we're Gentiles. We're not Jews. We're not the chosen people in that regard. But the cool thing is, the great thing is, is God has grafted us into their promises. Look at verse 17. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in, among the others, you now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. 
But here's the thing. I think when we walk with Jesus Christ, we can reach out to Jewish friends, people we meet, and help them to come to know how wonderful their Messiah is. Look at verse 14. I want to somehow make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have so I might save some of them. Here's the interesting thing about Paul. He was like, as I said, just the greatest Jewish scholar ever and yet God primarily called him to preach to non-Jews, Gentiles. And that's because he was largely rejected by his own people. So he has this great ministry among non-Jews, Gentiles, and here's what he said. I'm praying that as you Gentiles come to believe in Jesus that my fellow Jews who I love with all my heart will be jealous and want what you have. You know, I was on a trip to Israel and I had this guide I used a lot over the years. His name was David. We became very good friends, but he loved to debate. And so we would sit in the front of the bus and he'd love to, you know, challenge me on things I said. And we would go back and forth about Jesus and the Jewish people and all these things. And, and so one day we had one of our discussions that went for probably almost an hour. And as it's done, we get off the bus and, and you know, I never seemed to make any headway with David. But then the driver, also a Jewish man, came to me who I hadn't even thought about in this discussion. He said, I was listening very carefully to your discussion with the guy, David. I said, yes, he says, I'm jealous of your relationship with God. I thought, wait, I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> jealous, a Jewish jealous of a Gentile's relationship. That's in Romans 11. And he said, I would like you to come over to my home and meet my family and I want you to tell them what you were saying to David. I said, well, okay. So I went over to his home. He had a beautiful family, a very large family as I recall. Maybe 25 people were there. And so his wife started serving this food and I'm just chowing down. It was really good. And I realized that was just the appetizer and I was already full. And then more courses came and more courses came and I'm just, just bloated. And then he says, now talk to my family. And I had the privilege of telling his entire family about Jesus the Messiah and how he could change all of their lives. So that's an illustration of this point. But you know, when a Christian walks with God, it should be the most attractive thing ever for a non-believer. The reason I became a Christian is because I admired the Christians from a distance on my high school campus. They had what I wanted. They had this peace. They seemed to have this purpose and they had to love one for another. And so one day I went and eavesdropped on one of their meetings and ended up accepting Christ. So I think when you're just walking with the Lord, it's a very attractive thing. You know, if you want to win some, be winsome. And talk about your faith and let it permeate every area of your life. Have you ever noticed if you go out to eat uh, and you don't order anything, you get hungry watching other people eat? You know, so you, I'm hungry right now, by the way. How many of you are hungry? I'm hungry. I'm always hungry. This is a problem. I'm always hungry. Anyway, and I got hungry when I said hungry, you know, just talking about food. So I want you to join me in my misery. So, so maybe you go to a restaurant afterwards and, um, and you order, you know, everyone orders. But you ate maybe before you came to church. You said, I'm not going to order anything. I'll just hang out with you guys. So the burger starts showing up. And the fries start showing up. And for that one weird person, the kale shows up. <laughs> so everybody's enjoying their meal. And you say to your friend, could I have just one French fry? <laughs> and they say, take all that you want. You take the one fry. And it's almost like a fry from heaven or something. It's, it's so delicious. So you order your own fries. And they're not as good when you order them yourself, are they? 
Why is stolen food better? <laughs> I found that to be true. Sometimes my wife is cooking and she has everything in little portions. Okay, here's the meat and here's the vegetable and here's this and that and I'll take a little bite. Don't eat that. It's in portions. You'll mess it up. And then she turns away. I'm eating more. I mean, it becomes a challenge. Like, how much can I eat without her seeing? She knows. She knows what I'm doing. Guys, you're never fooling your wife, by the way. Just, you never fool her ever. Okay, anyway. Stolen food, yeah. But the point is, is watching somebody else enjoy a meal makes you want a meal. And watching someone else walk with God should make a person want to know God as well, provoking them to jealousy as well. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a message from the book of Romans called God Keeps His Promises. Let's continue now. Well, God is a place for Israel in the future, and this is a big deal. Look at Romans 11, verse 25. I want you to understand the mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. Blindness in part has happened to Israel But this will last only until the full number of the Gentiles come to Christ and all Israel will be saved. I was with my friend Joel Rosenberg recently. Joel was talking about his spiritual blindness uh, among many Jewish people. But I think we've seen a dramatic change. He mentioned 15,000 Messianic Jews in Israel. A Messianic Jew is a person who is born Jewish who believes in Jesus as a Messiah. But uh, nationally in America, there's probably 300,000, maybe as many as 500,000. That's a big change in recent days. But here's the significant thing. There's no group of people on earth like the Jewish people. I don't think any group has suffered like the Jewish people. You know, recently there was a commemoration of National Holocaust Remembrance Day. And the problem is they found is a lot of people, especially young people, don't even know what the Holocaust is. The Holocaust was that horrific stain on the history of humanity when six million Jewish men, women, and children were sent to die in Nazi concentration camps as part of Hitler's so-called final solution. They closed down their businesses in Germany, in Poland, other places. Then they were sent to ghettos and they were ultimately put in boxcars, sent to these camps, and they were systematically exterminated. Six million people died. Unbelievable. So who would have ever thought after an event like that that the nation Israel would come into existence? It would seem virtually impossible. But it was like a clarion call internationally. Jewish people in the aftermath of the Holocaust began to return to their homeland. And on May 14, 1948, a modern day miracle happened. Israel, against all odds, surrounded by enemies that wanted them destroyed, became a nation. And that started the prophetic time clock ticking. And in Ezekiel 37, the prophet is called to go to a sort of a boneyard. And the Lord says to him, preach to the dead bones. So Ezekiel's preaching to a bunch of dead bones. And in the vision, the bones start coming together and, and muscle comes to the bones and, and flesh and, and they come alive. And then God gives him the interpretation in Ezekiel 37, 11, he says, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying, we become old dry bones, all hope is gone. 
but give them this message. Thus says the Lord, O my people, I'll open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again and I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. That's a very specific prediction. That the Israelites, the Jewish people, would be scattered, that happened. That they would be regathered and specifically that they would become a nation again, and that is exactly what happened. Never has a decimated ancient people managed to retain their individual identity through almost 20 centuries and then reestablish their nation and their original homeland, yet this was prophesied in Scripture and it happened. But there's one other thing God says. They'll be regathered, that's happened. They'll be isolated, that's happening. Uh, and they'll be attacked. The Bible says a large force, this is after Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. After they're regathered again, a large force from her north called Gog and Magog will attack her. And then God's gonna intervene and do something supernatural because when Magog attacks, the Bible says God is gonna step in and intervene. And in Ezekiel 38, 18, it says when Gog attacks the land of Israel, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the Lord. So scripture tells us that God decimates the armies of Magog and then a national revival breaks out in Israel. And in Ezekiel 39, 29, we read that God will pour His Spirit out in Israel. You say, okay, this is interesting, but what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Go back to Romans eleven twenty five. 25. Here's the answer. Some of the Jews have hard hearts, but this will last only until the complete number of Gentiles comes to Christ. Look, God's not done with Israel. He's gonna work in her future. He's gonna send a spiritual awakening to her homeland. He's gonna raise up 144,000 Jewish evangelists to proclaim the gospel during the tribulation period. Kosher Billy Grahams, if you like. <laughs> so there's great days ahead for them. But before the Lord will pour His Spirit out on the Jews again, He has to finish His work with the Gentiles. So there'll be a blindness there among Jewish people in general in Israel until the full gathering of the Gentiles comes in. What does that mean? It means when the last person that's gonna believe in Jesus, believes in Jesus, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So here's what it means to you. The Lord could come back at any moment for you. I believe out there somewhere walking around, <laughs> what if they were even here today? It's possible. Someone who's the last person the Lord's waiting for to believe in Jesus. Can you imagine if you knew who that person was? Would you be tempted to pressure them a little? Like, will you, like, believe? Like, now? I'll give you a burger, fries, kale, whatever you want. Come on. No, but seriously, there's that person. They'll believe and then boom, we're caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's what's said in Corinthians and 1 Thessalonians 4. says the dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive and remaining shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Listen, God keeps his promises. He's gonna keep his promise to Israel. He's gonna keep his promise to you. And he's gonna keep his promise to come again. Jesus is coming. Believe it. And it could happen at any moment. So I ask you in closing, 
Are you ready? What if Jesus came today and he could? Would you be one of the ones who would be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? Or would you be one of the people who would be left? And let me tell you something, what's gonna follow is gonna be hard. A great tribulation period is gonna come, the Bible says, and it will be inaugurated by this evil man. If the devil ever had a son, it will be this guy. He's called the beast. He's called the Antichrist. Horrible times. If you don't believe in Jesus and you miss the rapture, that's what you're gonna face. That's why you wanna believe now. That's why you wanna be ready to meet the Lord. And if you're not ready, why not get ready right now? Because God will keep his promises to you. You know, maybe you've come in here today with all kinds of troubles and all kinds of concerns and all kinds of worries and you don't know how to sort it out. Here is Jesus and he's saying to you, come to me, all ye that are laboring and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You ever been carrying a bunch of heavy stuff and someone says, hey man, let me carry that for you. What a relief. Jesus is saying, will you let me take that off your shoulders? Let me take that burden off of you. Let me forgive you of that sin. Let me walk with you in life now. Let me save your soul. Why would I say no to that? Why would I reject that? You know, he wants to take all those burdens off of you, walk with you through life, and take you right to heaven one day. Well, I don't want that. I want to carry my burdens. I want to be stressed out. I want to be miserable and I want to go to hell. <laughs> hey man, you need to change your thinking because that's stinking thinking. <laughs> also known as stupidity. Don't do that. Don't live that way. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me with your problems. Come to me with your sins. Come to me with your burdens. I'll give you rest. Just come to me. And then you'll be ready for his return. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, why don't you do that as we close now in prayer? Let's all bow our heads. Father, speak to every person wherever they are, Lord. Speak to them. If they don't know you, let this be the moment they believe. Let this be the moment they're forgiven of their sins. Let this be the moment they pass from darkness to light, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if today's message has inspired you to want to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you do that right now. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ into your life right now, and by that I mean if you would like your sin forgiven and have the assurance that you will go to heaven when you die, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. But I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin, Lord, and I turn from it now, and I put my faith in you to be my Savior, my Lord, my God, and my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer in a minute, I want you to know on the authority of God's word that Jesus Christ has just come to take residence in your heart. The Bible says these things we write to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, we want to send you some resources that will help you grow spiritually. So here's Dave with some details. And let me say, God bless you. 
and welcome to the family of God. And those resources Pastor Greg mentioned are all included in what we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help you get started in living your life for the Lord. Can we send it to you? Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, as Pastor Greg continues our studies in Romans, he tackles a subject nearly every believer wonders about. It's a study called How to Know the Will of God. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called God Keeps His Promises. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.